The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. And still, you are pretty spry for an older fellow. What's your thing, Pilates? What? Play calisthenics. You might have missed a couple things, you know. Doing time is a capsicle. Uh, Shakespeare in the park? Does mother know you wear as her drapes? That guy's brain is a bag full of cats. He can smell crazy on him. I've care how you speak. Loki's beyond reason, but he's about God. And he's my brother. He killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted. Welcome to a special episode of A New Movie. I'm Amanda, and I'm most often found on the bonus Patreon episodes. One thing I do there is discuss content from other fandoms, which we call a new movie episodes. However, when I told Brandon what I had planned to discuss next, he thought it would be good to bring it on over to the main feed, given the interest from the Star Wars community in this particular project. For the occasion, I had to bring on one of my best friends and frequent guest on a new movie, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Or, as I'm going to start calling her, Sarah number one, thanks to another friend named Sarah who just joined my little, I call, I'm calling you guys my rogues gallery of podcast guests. I'll and be a rogue. I like that. She is Sarah number two. She's younger and a more recent friend, so it just makes sense that you'd be Sarah number one. And um, without further ado, we're going to get into what we're talking about today, which is... A movie that um, was spearheaded, directed, written, I'm not mm -hmm. even sure what all the credentials are, to be honest, by a controversial director who went to Disney, pitched a movie for Star Wars. Disney turned him down, so he went to Netflix, and they made it. We are indeed discussing Rebel Moon today. I'm so grateful he did that. This is one of my favorite movies. I really do enjoy it. That's the overall overview, my take. <laughs> Which is exactly my first question, so it leads right into that. Um, my take is not as glowing, but it is not mm -hmm. as negative as mm -hmm. the general online um, opinion that you can find. I, I am overall positive on it. So I'm curious to know what the negative is, because I, I don't read any reviews, but maybe we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I have actually tried not to read too terribly much or see any see too much because I didn't want to taint mm -hmm. what I have to say before we recorded this. Right. It was unavoidable mm -hmm. with the different headlines that just pop up in general, on well, newsfeed, Google, what have you. Yeah. Uh, I did listen to one podcast with just very spoiler-free basic opinions uh -huh. because going into it I did kind of want to have an idea of what people were saying to be informed without it informing my opinion right so um I guess we should probably get into it this is a spoilers discussion if you haven't seen it yet stop go watch come back and I'm just going to start with a very brief overview of at least of how the story opens. We're not going to spend too terribly long on the plot. Uh, hopefully you better have seen it if you're here, <laughs> so you'll know the plot. Um, but just to give us some context and some framework for our discussion. Uh, I actually, I watched it. I did not go back and rewatch it except for the very, very first part. And there mm -hmm. was like the first two minutes maybe where they set everything up. And there was an interesting thing I didn't catch the first time around, so I can't wait to get into that. Okay. But, so the movie opens with an overview on the state of this particular galaxy. There's a royal bloodline that had been in control for thousands of years, and they were the conquering sort, and had done a lot of brutal conquering throughout the galaxy. There was an assassin who then killed part of the royal family. And then the senator, there was a power-hungry senator who took over as regent and sent his, his pet warrior throughout the galaxy to conquer even more worlds. And that's just the setup for where we are when we first meet our main character, Korra. Which, it, 
that beginning, that whole premise is very Star Wars-y, isn't it? Oh, I've got some, I got some opinions on the Star Wars-ness <laughs> of it all, which we'll save to the very end of this discussion. Evil I, emperors, that's all you I mean, yes, it's also historical. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, Cora is our, our eyes into this world. She has settled, they said two seasons ago, on a farming planet, or at least area of the planet. I'm not mm-hmm. sure the planets are quite as, um, what is it, heter- heterogeneous, no, homogeneous, yeah. as uh, the Star Wars planets are. They yeah. seemed like they had a little bit more variety to them, so I can't, I don't know if the whole planet was as fertile right. and great for farming as this area was, but... Um, But it's a rough area, so it's rugged. It's rugged, but it's deceptively fertile. They do make a point of talking about that. Yeah. Because, of course, we don't have a story without conflict. And who should appear but in the Imperium, the Empire, which they call the Imperium, Mm -hmm. you know, potato, potato. Right. (laughs) So, I kind of like the word Imperium because it's, it's mindful to me of something that is like a big corporation that is, it's all about the money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar with the terminology from watching Foundation. I actually think it's fancier sounding uh-huh. than Empire and it's kind of fun to say. But So what were your thoughts as we open up into this? Um, so I love the... Um, cinematography I'm very very visual and I love the opening scenes with this enormous planet in the background and you have a very small insignificant figure that is doing very hard labor and so initially that imagery sets me up to one think about the fact that this is a small moon it is a moon I said planet yeah, but it is a, a small rebel moon, moon in the in <laughs> you know, some far away backwood, you know, this is the middle of nowhere type of, of it a is. place. It is. It's the equivalent of the outer rim. We yeah. are in the outer <clears throat> rim right now. Yeah. And so and I, I think that that's, that setup is very important because one, Cora has hidden, right? Mm-hmm. She is mm-hmm. at the very outskirts of civilization of the universe of the galaxy whatever it is and she's hiding so you're in a very remote corner of this galaxy and you see that insignificance but at the same time you see this enormous planet that um just and they talk about the mother world, and I'm not sure if that planet is the mother no, world. No, the mother world is where the seat of government That's, is. That's, yeah, which mm-hmm. is a completely different planet. So yes. imagine how enormous that must be. Um, and it's a stellar, beautiful setup. So it seem, it's a very peaceful, mm-hmm. rugged, and very, it reminds me of Nordic. Mm-hmm. Um, scene. They have a longhouse. They're very community driven, and mm-hmm. they look like Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, but I mean, you think about that kind of a society and what it's based on, and one, the remoteness of it, the bonds that they they make because it is a very small, united community, and it's not. It doesn't feel like it's a warring community, which is the difference between like a Nordic versus right. what this would right. be. Right, it's a very um, it's it's a farming community. It's they, a farming heathenistic they're community. Rooted <laughs> they're, they're rooted to the you know um, the land and put production, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I like that imagery because I think that it sets it up and it sets that that foundation mm-hmm. of this story up. And that's the name of the rebel moon. Right. 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 We, this is going to be the seat of rebellion. We know that things are coming, but right now they are not here yet. It's not a rebellious kind of a society. But Quite you've got, the opposite. But you've got to kind of wonder about a society that's out 
on the skirts, right? Mm -hmm. It's because they don't want to be in the middle of what everybody else is, right? They they don't want mm -hmm. to be like everybody else. They are doing their thing, their right. life. Right. And it's so they're automatically a little bit there's a little rebellion in that spirit that says we're different we're doing it our way but it's interesting because to move the story forward the mm -hmm. imperium does show up and they have a discussion on how to handle it and for the most part they want to try to play nice yeah and Cora is the only one because of her past experiences which we learn more about as the movie mm -hmm. progresses that it's like guys you can't play nice with these people. Well, the, and that's the thing. I don't think that it would have even occurred to them to do anything else because mm -hmm. they're innocent. Right. That's right. the other that's thing is there's mm -hmm. this peaceful innocence there. And they... All they know is peace and family and community. They're really. very straightforward. There was a yeah. little bit of dissent, but regarding what to do with the Imperium, but at the same time... They don't play they political games. Yeah, yeah, they don't play political games. Mm -hmm. They're straightforward. They communicate with each other. You're going to know where someone stands. And so for them, I looked at them as being very innocent, very childlike. Yes. Whereas the Imperium, they come with an agenda, mm -hmm. which, and okay, so that opening scene where the Imperium shows up and he walks up to the leader of mm -hmm. their group. And what does he do? He hugs him. Yes. Because this is what the Imperium does with the knowledge and the full intent of destroying them. I know, I thought it was funny. They were, the um, Imperium said they would, they wanted their their crops to feed their soldiers. And so they said they would pay them three times what it was worth market value. And just sitting here like, no, you're not. You're not gonna do any of that. But they believe it. It's that lead, it's that <laughs> fishing, you know? So here the Imperium is, they're just out there fishing. And this colony, all they are, fish oh and for what it's worth too the imperium is also out in these outskirts because there are rebellions and uprisings starting to occur and so while they need the crops they need information yeah. more that's really what they're out there for yeah. is to find in particular a brother sister leader yeah of the a burgeoning rebellion that whole notion of oh we need your food was really just Again, a mask. It was one of their um, stories to get into the community of, you know, innocence of why we're here. It's really not what they're about. Well, and I thought it was interesting when they landed their ships, they actually landed in one of the planting fields. Yeah. If they cared, <laughs> they wouldn't have done that. If they really needed the food, they wouldn't have done that. So it isn't about the food at all. What it is about is keeping them poor enough that they're subjugated. Mm. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. They will probably take that food and destroy it. Hmm. Kind of reminds me of some of the things our government does. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, back away. Back away. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. It made that connection. <laughs> you may interpret that however you like on your political or your place on the political spectrum. We do not judge political opinions here. Absolutely <laughs> we love not. civil discourse with all. <laughs> Absolutely. And all I can say is we're going to find common ground in our shared experiences <laughs> in all of the movies we see. True, true. <laughs> so that's that's um that's all that's coming from. <laughs> so again we meet Cora. What did you think of Cora when we met her? So Cora is, you know, one, she's alone. She's out there doing this really hard labor on her own. <clears throat> she's a little wisp of a girl. She well, is. <laughs> deceptively so, but. <laughs> and, you know, digging out this. Woman, I should say. She's not a girl. It, it shows, one, her independent spirit, her hard work, and the fact that in a society that's um, removed itself from the center of the universe and is on the outskirts and living their own way she's even more so mm -hmm. she's even removed from that but she's done it to herself yes to protect herself and others yeah and then there's that scene where she she picks up the dirt and she smells mm -hmm. it right 
And it's that purity, that cleanness. And it's almost like she's clinging to, not clinging, but really savoring mm-hmm. that aspect, that freedom that I think um, that that earth kind of represents. Mm-hmm. And she, we come to find out later that she was the one sent out by the regent to be the leader in conquering these other worlds. And she is an infamous warrior. Yeah. Um, made so <laughs> uh, at the hands of the government. But um, nonetheless, that was her role. And so I think just being able to live a simple life, mm-hmm. like her smelling that dirt, was that visual signal of how much she's trying to put off her past and just be simple. Yeah. And (laughs) non-lethal. She's not that Mm blood-hungry monster that actually took her and raised her. And, it, you know, I said this. Who is the region? Balisarius. Balisarius, yeah. And so, you know, as you learn of her story, she very much reminds me of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Gamora. Gamora, yes. Where, you know, Thanos took her after destroying her entire life right her family and everything and that's really what happened to Cora is Balisarius took her I think with an alternative with you know because they are cunning and so with cunning he took this very innocent child raised her up to love him with ulterior motives in my and remember she had a (coughs) she had her he gave her did she have no she had a gun yeah. He set it under his chin mm-hmm. and she pulled a trigger and it didn't work. So in that I think he saw somebody that he could mold into this yeah. a child of about 8 or so yeah. Yeah. pulling a trigger. Yeah. She saw, had some he, he saw strength. something in there. Yeah, he saw some strength and he knew that he could take advantage of that. Mhm. She was yep. at a, a young enough age that he strength could strength and vulnerability. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So those are her core aspects. And she warns, she warns her community about the Imperium. And it's, they do not understand. Mm -hmm. They're not, they haven't experienced enough of the world. They're not cynical enough. They haven't been abused the way that she has. Mm -hmm. And she knows what's coming. Yep. And so there was one scene where, um, they're in their discussion in that community before the Imperium sets down, destroying part of their field and then claiming they want it, right? Um, where they're like, what do they want? And she says, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those very key points that you know that she has very succinctly said exactly what is true. They want everything. And they don't grasp it. No. It like goes can't. over their head completely. Like they don't even hear it. Mm-hmm. But she, mm-hmm. she, so she's warned them in the simplest and most exact terms. And they are so innocent. They don't get it. Right. So along with Cora on this planet, we meet Gunner. Yeah. Who is just a fellow farmer in the community. He's like the most cunning of them. If you can apply the word cunning to an innocent right. kind of I don't he I don't know that I call him cunning. He just he had well, I see what you're saying with that. Mm-hmm. I think he has some um he like has, financial acumen. Yeah. Kind of, like he's got a um an eye towards profit more. Yeah. Than maybe some of the others because he and they had some surplus grain. He sells it to these rebels that the Imperium is looking for, mm-hmm. which kind of gets him into this mess in the first place. He yeah. also sees, he wants to deal with the Imperium and mm-hmm. takes them on their word that they're going to pay them for their grain. So I think he d- he's a little more, um, is the word mercurial? Is that it? Mer- mercenary, but yeah, not but really not mercenary. mercenary. That's not what I'm looking it's, for. Um, he's just financially minded. He's he's a little more focused on the money, I think, than I the others I don't even are. really consider him an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur doesn't go behind someone's back which is what he's done and he is the one in charge he's like the foreman of the fields so he is the one who 
That's why he was able to do these things with the grain. But I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but it's okay. The point is, is he had an eye for profit, a little more worldly maybe than the others. Yes. Just a touch, but still very innocent, obviously, because he thinks that the Imperium are actually going to do what they say. Yeah. Um, So he, he's in the picture. He, he helps to cause a great tragedy Another great tragedy occurs after that, and suddenly all the um, the driving force of the conflict is in place. Cora hears a fellow um, female, young female community member in the worst kind of trouble that a woman could be in, and goes to her aid. She is one of the best warriors in the galaxy she does what warriors do and that leads leaves them with a mess of dead bodies that they're going to have to answer for which i really loved okay so you get to see core in action but so this is something that i think is important when the imperium sets down Cora recognizes first of all how dangerous it is who they are she knows them because she was them she remains hidden in the community she doesn't reveal herself she doesn't step forward she doesn't interact with them she yeah she she knows what's going to happen and she's like they didn't listen to me i told them what to be that they're coming to take everything and these people are so ignorant they're not going to survive so she's ready to leave um and in the midst of this as the imperium is setting everything up you have a scene where there's a robot that used to be part of the royal family, wasn't it? Kind of like, not part of the royal family, but it yeah, was they, like a... It's like a royal guard, even. Yeah. Like soldier, some, yeah, but some type of thing like that. But it's a robot, right? And um, that robot has some interactions with this village girl that is... Her name's Sam. Sam, that is being... They're, they're going to gain great per right? They're horrible. They're oh, very yes. evil. When they yeah. say they're going to take everything, they mean it. And there's a scene after Cora has saved Sam and killed the bad guys in the most satisfying way. And I loved the scene. I loved the scene. I loved the fight sequence. I, I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> The robot comes in and he sees her. I would have thought he would have stayed. Instead, he runs off, which makes me wonder if he doesn't recognize her. Mm. So this robot was decommissioned. Like all of of them were made more into servants, manual labor servants. And so... And will take abuse and not fight back. Right. And then because Sam showed compassion to this robot he then saves her and then runs away yeah Mm -hmm. but there's that there's that scene where she turns and she looks at the robot and then he runs off and Mm -hmm. i thought it was weird that he ran off and that's it made me think okay what more is going on there because there's more to this robot oh there is and we don't really see him Really he's, ever again there's a brief scene at the end, but his story is on pause. Yeah. It is coming back. Yeah. He's gonna play a critical role, I <laughs> he's think. He's voiced by Anthony Hopkins. He's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's gonna have a, an important I mean, role. There wasn't any doubt in my mind before, but when I realized that, I was like, oh, yeah, he's <laughs> you don't get Anthony Hopkins for like well, five they, minutes in a movie you know i've seen a lot of different robots and they are very robotish and yeah. this you know they're very stale and dry and this is the first time that i could actually say okay that's an ai that's something that has awareness that has characteristics that are humanistic and that did not seem to me fabricated it's something that I could believe. I could throw some Star Wars letters and numbers at you. Okay. <laughs> um, I will say this one seemed more fluid yeah. in its movements, which might lend itself to that perception. 
as well. Um, I really was like, is there anybody in that? Oh, no, there's no way. That's too skinny. <laughs> like, there's no way. So yeah, there's definitely that. Uh, a little more human in its movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of the death that Korra wreaks upon the Imperium soldiers, she has to leave. Well, she, what I love is she does this. The whole village shows up and sees and they had been talking about what they were going to do, whether they were going to comply or whether they were going to fight. And she looks at them and she says, we're going to have to fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she is now their leader. And that is the role that That's, she's accustomed to. That's actually true. She's not running at this point. She's going to get help. Yeah. That's she an is, important distinction. She is going to um, get the resources that they need to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Even though she knows it is probably a battle they're going to lose, she's stepping up mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm fighting for you now. Yeah. She doesn't say it in those words, but she has united herself with them as we, we are going to fight. So at this point, Cora is leaving. Gunner goes with her. He volunteers mm-hmm. to go with her. I'm sure he's dealing with some guilt because the community leader was it's his fault. killed because of his <laughs> act because of Gunner's actions and now this had happened and ever- so Gunner's dealing with some some yeah. guilt problems Gunner's greed and stupidity he's also <laughs> in love with Cora so there is that aspect too. I just want to smack him <laughs> <laughs> well you're supposed to root for him eventually because he is her love interest I do I will <laughs> I'm just really really angry that he is the responsible party for someone that was already set to die, you know that the Imperium wanted to set a standard, and they rule by fear. So you know that they wanted to kill the leader anyway. They were going to find an opportunity to do it. He presented the opportunity for them. Yes, but he didn't know it. Like you said, he, they're, didn't they're know in, it. he had no idea. He saw a chance to yeah. improve their community through well, financial like, gain. Yeah, he, so, he was... Yeah, he I mean, was very short-sighted. Yes, and, yes. So, this is a movie that is inspired by the Seven Samurai. That's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Why is that all of a sudden just escaped my brain? Anyway, um, so we need to find ourselves our Seven Samurai. <laughs> so they go out. Uh, Cora and Gunnar go out. She is looking for a man named General Titus. Okay, I was one. Um, I'm wondering. It wasn't Tarek at first. Well, she's looking for General Titus, and it he is leads not. Them. There's um, there's a path that they take. <clears throat> so they go to another. I think they're still on the same planet, and I think, they go yeah. into a Moss Eisley type of area, and um, not quite as sandy, but Moss Eisley cantina situation. Yeah, I'm like brothel. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that going on too, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And it, this is the point where you see, we saw some interesting horse alien creatures that they were using for their fields before. But once they get into the city, this is where you see um, a visual spectacle of new and interesting Oh, fantastic. Aliens. Yeah, mm-hmm. aliens are really awesome. I mean, aliens that... You can uh, 100% see as being legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were interesting. They were different. They're different. They're unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're not just the standard um, copycats that right. you might see. Right. There There's was some thought that went behind what makes them who or what they are. Quite and a bit of imagination there for sure. Yeah. I, was, I loved to watch a... Um, a, co- a reality competition called Face Off, mm-hmm. where they did movie makeup, oh. and it actually had as one of the mentors the man who did makeup for Star Trek, uh, Next Gen at least, and so uh, it was just I loved that show, and that was what I was thinking of when yeah. I saw. I feel like, and I'm not sure. I mean, there's there had to have been a lot of CGI in that room, and I, yeah, absolutely. But I miss practical effects like mm-hmm. actual makeup yeah and i would hope that there was a good amount of that in there as well it, it just looked, really adds yeah it looked they did such a good job with it that it mm-hmm. looked legit so um 
there, yeah, there, I think, was some remarkable makeup mm-hmm. aspects going on. And it blended with the CGI. There were points where it, the CGI was a little clunky-ish to me, Maybe, and I'm not one to usually notice such things. I was looking at this with more analytical. Mm-hmm. I'd have something to talk about on a podcast than perhaps normally I'd be looking at things. I typically don't see stuff like that. There may be a, a part here and there but it was it's a netflix not a theater release so i didn't yeah for me i really i'm very very visual and things like that kind of take me out you know i can list different movies where i'm like oh that cgi was not good i didn't really notice anything for myself so just as the lay person enjoying the movie i really enjoyed it i I couldn't even tell you what parts i didn't make note of it so and it it's not that it bothered me. It was me being hypercritical, mm-hmm. like trying to find things to talk about. It was, it, I, I enjoyed I it. Again, well done, I really like is. all of the action scenes throughout the entire. <laughs> this is where we differ. Yeah. One of the things we differ on. Yeah. So I know, Amanda, you don't like the. Um, Constant slow-mo. Yeah. Constant. I, I didn't mind it because I've seen some movies where it did feel like it was oh, constant slow-mo. I but in these, constant. there were parts where it would give you a slow-mo, but it gives you a scene that you want to see, something that's interesting that is going to enrich my understanding of what's going on. So I enjoyed it a lot. I think it was too much. It gave me whiplash every time. Like my brain, my eyes are going at a certain speed to keep Mm -hmm. up with what's on the screen. And then all of a sudden they're forced to hit the brakes and it was really hard for me to make that mental visual switch. and I think it was overused. I, I do think when used judiciously and sparingly, like, I mean, The Matrix was revolutionary for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I thought it was just simply too much. Oh, I liked it. So <laughs> I was okay fine. with it. I thought it was just... I love when people love things. I do. <laughs> even if I don't love those same things. Yeah, those, I... aren't, those aren't scenes that I look forward to, generally speaking. But it was done in a way that... I thought it was well done in this one. So, but see, I liked it's it's the same type of thing that happened in Superman versus Batman, which Jack because Snyder does. Because it's the same director, and right. he's known for his slow. And exactly, and so he applies for it the same worse. way for this, um, mm-hmm. and and it worked for me. Mm-hmm. So, if you've seen those movies, then you'll get them. an idea of. <laughs> what is in this movie? True. I liked it. So So we'll speed some <clears throat> of this up a little bit. We've got the the groundwork and some of our main points, I think. Mm-hmm. But just to kind of go through, they first meet up at this brothel cantina, whatever you want to call this thing, uh, a pilot who is a opportunist. They say he he says he's not a mercenary mm-hmm. or a bounty hunter. He's an opportunist. Well, and right there, it's just like when Cora had told them they want everything. He told them he's an opportunist. Are you really going to, you know, trust someone who tells you right off the bat they're an opportunist? They're setting you up to... We'll we'll get there. I'm going to sell you for parts. (laughs) Because I have a critique there. Um, Because this guy's name is Kai. And he's the one who leads them to the rest of the gang. And you'll you'll recognize him from Sons, Sons of Anarchy if you are a fan of that. Unless you've never watched it. <laughs> so they, they next pick up a slave named Tarek, who they're able to bargain or gamble for his freedom, which, you know, we haven't seen that before anywhere. <laughs> and it was kind of a deserty planet. <laughs> so... That will invoke some uh, correlation. Right? Yeah. So they grab him. Then they go to a mining community where they meet probably my favorite character. So I'll pause here for a second. Nemesis. Oh, yeah. I and love Nemesis. Right before this moment. So we have Cora, Gunner, Kai, and Tark. So we have four characters. One is female. Three are male, and I don't usually think along these lines. Um, 
I'm not one to say you have to have this, 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 check off all these agenda boxes to make a story complete. But when you do check them off in an organic way, I'm very happy and I do think that representation does matter. You just need to do it in a way that fits the story. Um, but I'm not, oh, I'm not too much on the, oh, you don't have enough women in there trained, but when there's a kick butt female, you better believe I'm behind her. <laughs> and at this point I was thinking, I was like, you know, there's a lot of testosterone in this room. <laughs> I think we need, I think we need some more, uh, some more female energy in here. And lo and behold, Nemesis shows up. Mm. And she's amazing. Um, she's an interesting character because she has a lot of strength, but she also is very, I wouldn't say she's controlled. Like she controls her response. She's not out for vengeance. She's not emotional. Not anymore. Right. As we see her, she is, oh. She's like a Buddha. <laughs> Honestly, she is just She's like a Jedi where she's yeah. controlling her emotions and protecting people and yeah, fighting only when go. necessary. There you go. She tries to talk to her potential adversary to, in this case, a child kidnapper, but spider creature, oh <laughs> spider my woman. Gosh, such a fantastic creature. Yeah, it really was. Um, <laughs> that didn't work. So then she's forced to fight, but she is very Jedi in her she is not she is not bloodthirsty she's mm -hmm. not out to destroy she's out to unite mm -hmm. she's out to understand and I think that that's her core and to protect people yeah. in need yeah mm -hmm. and both the person that is inflicting the harm right. as well as the right. potential victim she is trying to heal mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to see um, a warrior that at their root is a healer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's my personal favorite character, mm. and I would love for her to get her own movie. I kind of loved the spider character. <laughs> well, <laughs> same main character. I know, I know. <laughs> I really, really liked that character. There was, I mean, she wasn't in there for a whole lot of time, but they had some depth to her. And I think she got the most depth out of all of the people that we meet. Yeah. All really. Of the, uh, or the gang. Mm -hmm. uh, other than Cora, who is our main character. So, um, Yeah, I thought, I thought uh, I could, Tark had some good... He, noble, very noble character. He did, and we do, but I just don't, there isn't I'm not that as intrigued that by him as yeah. I am by Nemesis. I, yeah. We find out later that he's a royal member of the family of the planet that he came from, and, mm -hmm. and that's about all we know, and that everybody was destroyed by the Imperium. Yeah. That's about all we know about him, which is pretty par for the course for a lot of people in this story. Um, mm -hmm. So nothing about him really... He's got some skills. He speaks a different language. There are a few things that stand out, but not in the way to me that Nemesis did. Um, in a, her brief time, her time was probably about the same as Tarek's. Mm -hmm. And yet I feel like I understand her better. They had different aspects. So for him, I think, and this is what's interesting because each person... I think it highlights their different character strengths. And so for him, his character strength is... Honor. Honor, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know he will never backstab you, ever. Right. It does. He will pay off his debt. And actually, I did call him a slave. He's more of an indentured servant, but yeah. that is a form of slavery. It's servitude. So and he was totally willing to take it on. Because he pays his debts. And he admitted to Which, making the mistakes that put him there. Yeah. So I can see that. I just, I guess I just don't find it as compelling. I don't, and that's yeah. just, that's just me, I suppose. I, I just really loved it because he was obviously strong enough to leave whenever he wanted. And he <laughs> put himself and allowed himself to be chained. It's like, dude, that's, there's some honor there. I really really did appreciate that especially in our day and age where i think people and in movies you see them trying to get out of paying their debts mm -hmm. 
more than being willing to acknowledge and take that accountability. Yeah, I really liked it. Okay, I'm gonna move along a little faster here mm -hmm. to get to. Um, anyway, we did want to dive into the characters. That was something that was important to us yeah. before we started recording this. We found that to be. Um, and this movie itself is pretty much about collecting the characters. Yeah. So it's about learning who the characters are. It's good and to it, kind of breathe over them a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's a critical, I think, that he very um, consciously wanted to highlight their strengths mm -hmm. and who they were at their core. Um, the next person they pick up is General Titus. That's the one that Cora wanted to go get from the beginning. Um, we actually, he's fighting in a coliseum. His name is very Roman. There's a lot of Roman imagery there. In fact, he's so down that I wouldn't even say he's fighting in the coliseum. <laughs> he is fighting. now, he is now like the person they walk over. He's been mm -hmm. defeated and... He is he's not dead yet. He's not dead yet. We never but see him fighting. He must you, be fighting when he's in there. You see a rat smell him and run away. Yeah. That's how low he is. <laughs> so we don't actually know much of anything about him at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't even really know why it was so important to Cora to go get him. Um, so with all those players in place, mm -hmm. then they go and they try to recruit help from this brother-sister pair, the Blood Axes, for the blood axes. <laughs> for their resource, their fighters and their planes and the resources that they they're have. They're the rebels that um, the Imperium has been looking for. Yes, so they they're are. part of the reason that the Imperium is in the outskirts looking for these rebels. And they're the main driving force. And they're the ones that Gunner sold the grain to. Yeah. So um, the brother goes with them. The sister stays with her people. And we have our seven at that point. Yes, I did count while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not just pull that out of my head. No, I, did some I, I know. I'm sure you did. I'm just... <laughs> so um, they are then okay one of my i don't know if it's an issue with the movie it's it's not necessarily an issue with the movie i just hated how predictable the fact that kai was going to the pilot was going to um he's a turncoat to betray them he's a betrayer uh i really was hoping for some kind of subverting of expectations there and was kind of bummed we didn't get it but I mean, does it make it a bad story? No, Be there's that no, anticipation. The anticipation builds and builds and builds to the point of when is he going to betray them? Because you know he's going to do it. You don't, I mean, but it it's laid out in such a way that you're like, well, maybe not. Maybe he won't. Because it does string you along. It does. I still, I was wish, I don't know. The thing is, I don't know that. Like, as we discussed the character traits of these other people, nobody else would have done it, except maybe Gunner. Yeah. Maybe. Um, <clears throat> so That would have been a major twist if Gunner... Yeah. Gunner but see, there would have been some real evil in Gunner to have done that. And well, and it, you start off knowing in the first yeah. few seconds of seeing the the planet that he is the intended love interest for Korra. Yeah. So it was never... It was very unlikely to happen. Yeah. But I don't know. I just maybe nobody betrayed and somehow the Imperium caught up with them in another way. I think that's what I was kind of hoping kind for. Kind of hoping for, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would have been the ideal. But at the same time, you know, with Kai's betrayal, it was somewhat... Um, I'm, I'm not going to find the right word either. Sorry, <laughs> so you're okay. going to have... But it was somewhat tampered for me in knowing why he did it. Because he knew who she was. He knows who Kai is. Well, and that's he was the one going giving them like the names. Let's go get Tarek. Let's go get Nemesis. And the reason was they had prices on their heads. They were yeah. major. Major it was players. major bounty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was going to get rich off of this. And he knew he was going to get rich off of it. But most of all, he saw Kai, 
who was instrumental in destroying his family. Not Kai, um, uh, Cora. Cora, yes. yes. So this was personal for him because he well, looked at Cora as she destroyed his family, his world, his entire also, world. He had some kind of line about um, choosing the winning side of history. Yeah. And so even though his family was... That's justification. Even though his family was torn for apart. For his mercenary heart. <laughs> But his family was torn apart, just like all these other people that they collected. They yeah. all had tragedy because of yeah. the Imperium in their lives. They chose a different path. He, like his care, his his heart. Yeah. But it's just that part was interesting. That I didn't. It's I don't understand people who could endure that kind of pain. Yeah. And then still side with the people who caused the pain. Right. So that part was very interesting to me. So. I th- it is. It is interesting. So he's allowing, his mercenary heart is allowing him to thrive and flourish and to profit from the um, destruction that he's experienced. And he's personalizing it and justifying it by going after Cora. Cora was the personal... Um, it's like he had that personal vendetta against her and he was willing to let the emporium that basically con- contracted and formed her off the hook mm-hmm. to make her the scapegoat. She becomes like this, the Imperium scapegoat for him, which allows him to continue to flourish and thrive. And I'm glad he gets his cub up. And... <laughs> <laughs> so we are... Um... We've been talking for a while, so mm-hmm. and there's a few more overarching questions that mm-hmm. I wanted to get to. Our heroes are betrayed, then they are saved with some sacrifices along the way. They head back to the original They're uh, fighters. moon, and they are about to... They're going to start preparing for the war that is coming yeah. to their moon. And that's how part one, this is part one, wraps up. Um, with that... What do you think was the most... Well, we didn't even talk... I'll touch on it so briefly. Mm. There was... In the beginning, it said the king and the queen were killed by an assassin. Yeah. I thought that they had said the princess, too. There is a princess, but they did not say it in that opening scene. They they only said the king and queen. Correct. They allude to it further on. If you continue Mm -hmm. watching, Mm -hmm. they allude to the princess being killed, but I don't believe that she was. And what's critical to know there is that the princess has the power to bring life. Mm -hmm. So she, Cora, was the personal bodyguard, really, for the princess and saw the princess perform miracles, Mm -hmm. things that she couldn't explain that really transformed Cora in some ways. A chosen one? She was a chosen one. Absolutely. Not Cora, the princess. The princess, yeah. <laughs> so I don't believe that she was killed. However, I do believe that they may be using her powers. Right, because there is... I mean, we there's so much we could... So much more. We have about 10 minutes before I okay. want to finish up. But there is a character, Admiral Noble, who is a horrible... He's a horrible, I'm... horrible, sadistic human being. Or is he human? That's he's like, like a, he seems kind of like, like a, a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. uh, he has a, he has a lot of um, replacement parts. Yeah, he is killed and then brought back to life. And so Sarah, if you talk to is, a neurologist, all you need is the brain. And yeah. You can download your brain. Apparently, I mean, Elon Musk has said yeah. you can download a brain now and live forever. So <laughs> if Elon said it, it must be true. <laughs> I'm, I'm believing it. <laughs> so, uh, very strong theory that uh, they are using whatever it is the princess is able to tap into to bring people back like Noble life. back to life. Yeah. Um, to heal them. We also, yes. We also agree on the theory. Um, we did have this conversation before. Um, just <laughs> So we've discussed some of this beforehand. Um, trying to keep it at a minimum, but it's hard when we're watching it together to not talk about things. Um, that Cora was the assassin. Yeah. Because her father figure is the one who took over power. Yeah, Belisarius, mm-hmm. he has the power, and he wants Cora back. Uh, yeah, with every fiber of his being, 
in this plane and on potentially a different plane, which is something we can't even get into because we don't have time. Yeah. Um, uh, he is somewhere in an icy world that you can only get to if you're again, like medically compromised or something. So you can you can tap into it again. It's it's a little bit matrix like in that mm-hmm, regard. Mm-hmm. But this is where I'm like, yes, I believe that they downloaded him into like this eternal being, which is mind, and that's kind of how I see him. And in this cold cold place which just tells me how cold his heart is and we see Mm -hmm. it when noble is dead and being revived and they say the Mm -hmm. regent is waiting for him yeah so they revive him enough to go visit this place however you go visit Mm -hmm. and then he comes back and he's alive again to fill out carry out some duties yeah that he was given by the regent um so who was your favorite character Oh my gosh, I, I, you know what, I don't, I can't have a favorite okay. character. In some ways, that spider lady was my <laughs> favorite character because she had, she is a horrible, terrifying creature. And yet you see that she isn't just about gluttony, wanting. There's some residual humanity there There's... that was stripped from, by the Imperium and what they did to her. What, well, and it, I don't know that it's even necessarily just the Imperium. Whoever came and colonized and mined that I think she world, said it was the they mined her world. They went in and they destroyed her world and they destroyed her children. They destroyed... And her ability to have more. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so she is, um, she's a creature with a heart and she's got this incredible power but you do not see that that is something that she originally started out as being this bloodthirsty, I'm going to kill everything, that's mm-hmm. just my nature. Right. She's right. not, she's more than that. And I like that. I like that there's depth to her. Um, I I really love Cora. And I'm not the biggest fan. So In fact, I, she's my least favorite. I, I really so. I really like her. I found her compelling. I did see nuances in her. I s- and I found her to be rather flat. Yeah. <laughs> so I, for now, I, would, I was thinking about it, and I'd almost compare her to what people said about Brie Larson and Captain Marvel, about mm. how flat she was in that movie. And Oh, I saw so much more of her than that, yeah. Well, I compare her a lot to Gamora. She reminds me a lot of Gamora. The comparison, though, would be because she's stronger. Um, Brie Larson came across yeah. w- as kind of wooden. Yeah, but I agree with that. But the point of her character was that she had been brainwashed mm-hmm. to be a warrior. <laughs> and then you could yeah. say the same for Korra. Yeah. And so I could see, can, going forward, I can see them giving Cora more. I just felt like the actress used one facial expression almost the entire movie, and that really bothered me. But there's also ways to explain it, so I'm willing to. Yeah, I saw more variety. Hold but... my opinion to see for more to come. Um, but as it stands, I just got tired of this look that she had all the. I don't know. I found her compelling. She's so. a haunted character at the same time, so it's a little tricky, but I, I also a, didn't feel like most of the characters were super well-developed yet. He does, Snyder no, does want to make this a whole franchise. Intro- so yeah, it's an introduction, and I'm mm-hmm. really glad that he's going to make it into a franchise. If it does I well. hope it survives, and I hope it becomes that. If I were going to compare it to something that is um, beloved the way that Star Wars is, and that was unfortunately not uh didn't progress i'd compare it to firefly which i have not seen yet so i can but the characters aren't they are i mean these are and when i say that it's because firefly is unique and set in its own um characters and its own universe right but you can see how it also has the same themes and similarities, right? So this Rebel Moon, it's it's its own universe, even though it is, and it has some similarities, and it may have the core foundation 
you know, that Star Wars does. So here's my question, my, my final question, and mm-hmm. I have given this a lot of thought, so I have quite the response to this, <laughs> but how Star Wars do you feel Rebel Moon is? It's not. And I don't think it is either. No. And I wouldn't compare the two. I, I think that they each have, they're in the same genre, but they're, you know, Star Wars was intended for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. This one is more mm-hmm. adult. Rebel mm-hmm. Moon is more adult. And I really like that. I feel like I needed that. That is something that it fills for me. Um, and I get great enjoyment out of it because um you know the seven samurai was a very adult film and story actually (laughs) so and i know and so it is maybe more true to that Mm -hmm. um it is the story of good against evil it's the story of humanity it's the story of individuals that have weaknesses and strengths and what they are and what they could be and what they end up being there's a lot of sacrifice i mean every every time i've seen a different take on the seven samurai there's so much you learn to love those characters their flaws and their good points and it's always heartbreaking when they die and it wasn't super heartbreaking to me. So that I think that's what brings it down for me as a movie is I was not, I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but very much on a surface level, I did not feel connected to it. But I want to come back to that Star Wars question mm-hmm. because I do agree with you. And I um, was struggling to find a, the explanation for that. One thing to me is that this is a sci-fi movie and Star Wars veers more fantasy. Mm. So there's... There's no mad, well, other than the princess, which we haven't seen a lot of. So it could go more fantasy in the second part. Right now, as it stands, it feels more sci-fi. But more than that, um, there wasn't any warzing in the stars. (laughs) It was all on ground. There was no dogfighting. Oh, right. There was very, very, very minimal ships scenes it was all planet side yeah and it's funny because i often say that i love star wars but i don't love the stars or the wars i love the Mm -hmm. characters yeah um and it's true it is very true star wars is set up in the stars but without having that framework for it i didn't realize how much i i needed that to enjoy the or to feel more connected to the rest of it or to connect it in the sense that this was supposed to be Zack Snyder's Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, when you don't have stars or wars happening in the stars as well as planet side, it just doesn't feel that way to me. And then I thought about... Um, it's not. And I think that they shouldn't be making that comparison because... But it's this what is... he said. It's from Snyder. It's not nebulous they saying this. It's the right. historical... Well, I would, I would compare it more to... Um, the Star Wars franchise where they go and they find Anakin as a child and that is more that's set on the planet there's a more oh there's a big fight at the end in the stars yeah but the majority of it is planet nothing in this one and in this one you've got the the scene where they've they're downloading their goods right and they're betrayed by Kai Mm -hmm. that scene is the closest that we get to them fighting in battleships and wasn't enough for me to say that this feels Star Wars and I'm not saying that as a critique I'm not but and I'm saying it shouldn't because it's called Rebel Moon (laughs) so it's even the name of it it's grounded in a moon on a on the surface Mm -hmm. and I think that that's intended it is only because of the history that we know about how this movie came to be yeah that those comparisons well they probably would have always existed to some extent but not the way that they are so my other thinking was okay I my favorite Star Wars movie is actually Rogue One Mm. um because I was thinking about the fantasy versus sci-fi and the magic versus the not magic-y things I'm like well 
Rowan doesn't even, have much. There it only like has no Chirrut. magic, really. It has Chirrut, who's a, a guardian of the wills, but um, and then Andor, which has nothing. And people say there's a critique, which Andor's a favorite of mine. But there's a critique out there that it wasn't Star Wars enough because it didn't have Jedi and lightsabers and Force and all of this. Yeah. But what it did have that Rebel Moon doesn't have yet, I will say yet, mm-hmm. is this bigness, this feeling of galactic consequences from mm-hmm. this one event. Like yeah. for me right now, Rebel Moon feels very consequential for the people living on the moon and that's it. With Andor, you have Luthen giving his amazing speech about, oh, I'm going to butcher it, but something about fighting for a cause that he'll never see the sun rise on because he knows he's probably going to sacrifice his life for a greater cause, for the galaxy. Well, they do talk, there is, so, but it's towards the end. I'm telling you, that's why yeah. I say yet. That's why I say well, yet. That's, it's not But they there. do, they do talk about that. And you don't have Mon Mothma and all the sacrifices she's making for the greater galaxy. So I think that that's, those two things, the, the space fights but, and then the bigger picture But the thing is that those are all individual movies. I mean, there's so much... This is just one movie, and so you Rogue would have to have, movie. you would have to have all of those elements. Again, did you hear me say yet? Yeah, <laughs> You'd, yeah there's the got, yet is in there for a reason. Yeah. So and again, this is the foundation. This is the groundwork, and um, I think that, that we're going to like we're arguing. We're really not. We're but, smiling at each well, other. Well, what I really enjoyed is that it is the groundwork, and so what I never really got. Um, with Star Wars was that that really solid groundwork that you see everything built off of. This one kind of does that for me, where I can see that foundation and then everything builds off of it. In Star Wars, you're starting in the middle. Yeah. And then it takes you in each direction. And that's what it's known for, and, and that's what it's loved for. And we love that. But, yeah. And I think they're that, different movies. They are. Yeah. And so I. So we are answering the question, and it's not a critique they're very of the movie. Different. It's just. They are apples and oranges. They are not apples and apples. They're not even like a gala to an opal apple. I think that <laughs> I think that you know, as a Star Wars fan, as someone that grew up with it, that loves it, I enjoy it in its own right. right. I, right. I I don't need it to be attached to Star Wars. And I think that's the key. I can't wait once we finish to actually go in and read the critiques mm-hmm. that people have and why it's scoring so low with people and not really hitting the yeah. way they expected it to. Because I am genuinely curious, and I would love to hear from you guys, maybe Facebook or some kind of social yeah. media, how this movie landed for you. And what if, I mean, if you loved it, great. If you liked it, great. If you didn't, why? Let's have that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I love reading the critiques back and forth, the positives and the negatives, because there's a lot that I don't see, and this is just life, yeah. and there's a lot that I hope that I see that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. I am very much a I like it person. I want to like it, and I go in wanting to enjoy yeah. the media that I consume, and when I think when you go in with that attitude, you do end up enjoying it more often than not. Yeah. But if you're going in to compare it to Star Wars, then um, they're too different. They're they're really too different. Even though they hit some common themes, mm-hmm. they are not. And the other thing I will say for those that don't care for Zack Snyder, that to me is a legitimate complaint. Mm-hmm. Because he is all over, obviously. It's his movie. Um, and I, I don't like the slow-mo. You know, like, I don't like mm-hmm. some of the Snydery things about it. Um, and so some of that... But to not like it because perhaps it's not Star Wars enough. Yeah. And I haven't... I'm not saying I've even seen that anywhere. I haven't read anything yet. I have no idea. But if people are saying that, I would say divorce yourself from the history of how it was made. Mm-hmm. And see if you enjoy it on its own merits. Because I do think that even though it was not a knock it out of the park for me, I'd put it three and a half, four, probably three and a half out of five. It was still good enough. And I'll probably watch it again when my roommates watch it because they want to see it. And they aren't in town right now. So they couldn't watch it with me. I'll definitely watch it several times. (laughs) 
I think I'll only be good for another one. Because I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the scenery. I enjoyed... Visuals it was a, the The visuals were rich. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I really... There are some times where I will watch a movie and it's just not visually rich. It's kind of like you're watching it with cataracts, you know. <laughs> um, and this one wasn't like that. So there was a lot of um, high highlights and... and contrasts which I need in to really enjoy a movie fully and this one had it it both in every way in context as well as visually I love when people love things even if I don't yeah instead of even if I don't like them or love them as much I want people to enjoy what they enjoy so I love that you loved it mm-hmm. I I'm glad that I enjoyed it and that mm-hmm. it wasn't torturous to sit through. Um, and I really enjoyed talking about it with you. Sorry if I yeah. talked. I mean, not if. I did talk over you a lot at the end because there were things I was waiting this whole hour to say. <laughs> That's <laughs> and all right. I was going to get it out no matter what. And I promise we are still friends. <laughs> well, no. I <laughs> and mean, we're this basically is, on the yeah. same page with it. She's a little higher than I am. And just, just mm-hmm. to reiterate, if you want to see it, ignore what people say about it. Yeah. Watch it for yourself and make up your own mind. Yeah. There is plenty to enjoy in the world and don't let other people make up your mind for you before you give things a chance. Yeah. Give it a chance. Another thing I'd like you to consider trying out is our Patreon. All the money we earn goes towards giving free books to teachers. And I can personally attest to how valuable that is for our educators. It starts at $1 a month tier, goes up to a $4 a month tier, and every bit of it is greatly appreciated. If that is... Another thing that is greatly appreciated is just word of mouth. Talk to us about your friends, share the news. We would love to have everybody on board with us and have great discussions regarding this fandom that we love so much. All Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of the Clashing Sabers network and ClashingSabers.net. All licensed sounds and images are the property of their respective copyright holders and are used for informational and educational purposes only. For more information on our nonprofit or to nominate a teacher, go to ClashingSabers.net. For questions or inquiries, please email us at clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com. You're just going to walk away.